Lady Windermere's Fan, a play about a good woman, by Oscar Wilde. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Persons of the Play Lord Windermere, read by Joseph Early, Falls Church, Virginia. Lord Darlington, read by Simon Taylor. Lord Augustus Lorton, read by Christian Gonzalez. Mr. Dumby, read by Jeff Cowgill. Mr. Cecil Graham, read by Chugosh. Mr. Hopper, read by Tubbies. Parker, read by Ed Mead. Lady Windermere, read by Kristen Hughes. The Duchess of Berwick, read by Ruth Golding. Lady Agatha Carlyle, read by Iswa. Lady Plymdale, read by Christy Nowak. Lady Stepfield, read by Sarah Corsmo. Lady Jedberg, read by Kalinda. Mrs. Cowper Cowper, read by Anna Roberts. Mrs. Erlin, read by Elizabeth Clatt. Rosalie, read by Dwan. Narrator, read by Ross Clement. The Scenes of the Play Act One, Morning Room in Lord Windermere's House. Act Two, Drawing Room in Lord Windermere's House. Act Three, Lord Darlington's Rooms. Act Four, Same as Act One. Time, the present, place, London. The action of the play takes place within twenty-four hours, beginning on a Tuesday afternoon at five o'clock and ending the next day at one thirty p.m. First Act. Scene. Morning Room of Lord Windermere's House in Carlton House Terrace. Doors centre and right. Bureau with books and papers right. Sofa with small tea table left. Window opening onto terrace left. Table right. Lady Windermere is at table right, arranging roses in a blue bowl. Enter Parker. Is your ladyship at home this afternoon? Yes. Who has called? Lord Darlington, my lady. Hesitates for a moment. Show him up. And I'm at home to anyone who calls. Yes, my lady. Exit center. It's best for me to see him before tonight. I'm glad he's come. Enter Parker center. Lord Darlington. Enter Lord Darlington center. Exit Parker. How do you do, Lady Windermere? How do you do, Lord Darlington? But no, I can't shake hands with you. My hands are all wet with these roses. Aren't they lovely? They came up from Selby this morning. They are quite perfect. Sees a fan lying on the table. And what a wonderful fan. May I look at it? Do. Pretty, isn't it? It's got my name on it and everything. I have only just seen it myself. It's my husband's birthday present to me. You know today is my birthday. No. Is it really? Yes, I am of age today. Quite an important day in my life, isn't it? That is why I am giving this party tonight. Do sit down. Still arranging flowers. Sitting down. I wish I had known it was your birthday, Lady Windermere. I would have covered the whole street in front of your house with flowers for you to walk on. They are made for you. Lord Darlington, you annoyed me last night at the Foreign Office. I am afraid you are going to annoy me again. I? Lady Windermere? Enter Parker and Footman Centre with tray and tea things. 
Put it there, Parker. That will do. Wipes her hands with her pocket handkerchief, goes to tea table, and sits down. Won't you come over, Lord Darlington? Exit Parker Center. Takes chair and goes across left center. I am quite miserable, Lady Windermere. You must tell me what I did. Well, you kept paying me elaborate compliments the whole evening. Sits down at table left. Smiling. Ah, <laughs> nowadays we are all of us so hard up that the only pleasant things to pay are compliments. They're the only things we can pay. Shaking her head. No, I am talking very seriously. You mustn't laugh. I am quite serious. I don't like compliments, and I don't see why a man should think he is pleasing a woman enormously when he says to her a whole heap of things that he doesn't mean. Ah, but I did mean them. Takes tea, which she offers him. I hope not. I should be sorry to have to quarrel with you, Lord Darlington. I like you very much. You know that. But I shouldn't like you at all if I thought you were what most other men are. Believe me, you are better than most other men, and I sometimes think you pretend to be worse. We all have our little vanities, Lady Windermere. Why do you make that your special one? Oh, nowadays so many conceited people go about society pretending to be good that I think it shows rather a sweet and modest disposition to pretend to be bad. Besides, there is this to be said if you pretend to be good, the world takes you very seriously. If you pretend to be bad, it doesn't. Such is the astounding stupidity of optimism. Don't you want the world to take you seriously, then, Lord Darlington? No, not the world. Who are the people the world takes seriously? All the dull people one can think of, from the bishops down to the boors. I should like you to take me very seriously, Lady Windermere. You, more than anyone else in life. Why? Why me? Because I think we might be great friends. Let us be great friends. You may want a friend some day. Why do you say that? Oh, we all want friends at times. I think we're very good friends already, Lord Darlington. We can always remain so, as long as you don't. Don't what? Don't spoil it by saying extravagant, silly things to me. You think I am a Puritan, I suppose. Well, I have something of the Puritan in me. I was brought up like that. I am glad of it. My mother died when I was a mere child. I lived always with Lady Julia, my father's elder sister, you know. She was stern to me, but she taught me what the world is forgetting, the difference that there is between what is right and what is wrong. She allowed of no compromise. I allow of none. My dear Lady Windermere, Leaning back on the sofa. You look on me as being behind the age. Well, I am. I should be sorry to be on the same level as an age like this. You think the age very bad? Yes. Nowadays people seem to look on life as a speculation. It is not a speculation. It is a sacrament. Its ideal is love. Its purification is sacrifice. Smiling. Oh, anything is better than being sacrificed. Leaning forward. Don't say that. I do say it. I feel it. I know it. Enter Parker Center. The men want to know if they are to put the carpets on the terrace for tonight, my lady. You don't think it will rain, Lord Darlington, do you? I won't hear of its raining on your birthday. 
Tell them to do it at once, Parker. Exit, Parker Center. Still seated. Do you think then? Of course, I am only putting an imaginary instance. Do you think that in the case of a young married couple, say about two years married, if the husband suddenly becomes the intimate friend of a woman of, well, more than doubtful character, is always calling upon her, lunching with her, and probably paying her bills, do you think that the wife should not console herself? Frowning. Console herself. Yes, I think she should. I think she has the right. Because the husband is vile, should the wife be vile also? Vileness is a terrible word, Lady Windermere. It is a terrible thing, Lord Darlington. Do you know? I am afraid that good people do a great deal of harm in this world. Certainly, the greatest harm they do is that they make badness of such extraordinary importance. It is absurd to divide people into good and bad. People are either charming. Or tedious, I take the side of the charming, and you, Lady Windermere, can't help belonging to them. Now, Lord Darlington, rising and crossing right, front of him. Don't stir. I'm merely going to finish my flowers. Goes to table, right center. Rising and moving chair. And I must say, I think you are very hard on modern life, Lady Windermere. Of course, there is much against it. I admit, most women, for instance, nowadays are rather mercenary. Don't talk about such people. Well then, setting aside mercenary people, who of course are dreadful, do you think seriously that women who have committed what the world calls a fault should never be forgiven? Standing at table, I think they should never be forgiven. And men, do you think that there should be the same laws for men as there are for women? Certainly.、Mm, I think life too complex a thing to be settled by these hard and fast rules. If we had these hard and fast rules. We should find life much more simple. You allow of no exceptions. None. <laughs> What a fascinating Puritan you are, Lady Windermere. The adjective was unnecessary, Lord Darlington. I couldn't help it. I can resist everything, except temptation. You have the modern affectation of weakness. Looking at her, it's only an affectation, Lady Windermere. Enter Parker Center. The Duchess of Berwick and Lady Agatha Carlyle. Enter the Duchess of Berwick and Lady Agatha Carlyle Centre. Exit Parker Centre. Coming down Centre and shaking hands. Dear Margaret, I am so pleased to see you. You'll remember Agatha, don't you? Crossing left Centre. How do you do, Lord Darlington? I won't let you know my daughter. You are far too wicked. Don't say that, Duchess. As a wicked man, I am a complete failure. Why there are lots of people who say I have never really done anything wrong in the whole course of my life. Of course, they only say it behind my back. Isn't he dreadful, Agatha? This is Lord Darlington. Mind you, don't believe a word he says. Lord Darlington crosses right centre. No, no tea, thank you, dear. Crosses and sits on sofa. We have just had tea at Lady Markby's. Such bad tea too. It was quite undrinkable. I wasn't at all surprised. Her own son-in-law supplies it. Agatha is looking forward so much to your ball tonight, dear Margaret. Seated left centre. Oh, you mustn't think it's going to be a ball, Duchess. It is only a dance in honour of my birthday. A small and early. Standing left centre. Very small. Very early. 
and very select, Duchess. On sofa, left. Of course it's going to be select. But we know that, dear Margaret, about your house. It is really one of the few houses in London where I can take Agatha, and where I feel perfectly secure about dear Berwick. I don't know what society is coming to. The most dreadful people seem to go everywhere. They certainly come to my parties. The men get quite furious if one doesn't ask them. Really, someone should make a stand against it. I will, Duchess. I will have no one in my house about whom there is any scandal. Oh, don't say that, Lady Windermere. I should never be admitted. Oh, men don't matter. With women it is different. We're good. Some of us are, at least. But we're positively getting elbowed into the corner. Our husbands would really forget our existence if we didn't nag at them from time to time, just to remind them that we have a perfect legal right to do so. It's a curious thing, Duchess, about the game of marriage. A game, by the way, that is going out of fashion. The wives hold all the honours, and invariably lose the odd trick. The odd trick? Is that the husband, Lord Darlington? It would be rather a good name for the modern husband. Dear Lord Darlington, how thoroughly depraved you are. Lord Darlington is trivial. Ah, oh, don't say that, Lady Windermere. Why do you talk so trivially about life, then? Because I think that life is far too important a thing ever to talk seriously about it. Moves up centre. What does he mean? Do as a concession to my poor wits, Lord Darlington. Just explain to me what you really mean. Coming down back of table. I think I'd better not, Duchess. Nowadays to be intelligible is to be found out. Goodbye. Shakes hands with Duchess. And now. Goes up stage. Lady Windermere. Goodbye. I may come tonight, mayn't I? Do let me come. Standing upstage with Lord Darlington. Yes, certainly. But you are not to say foolish, insincere things to people. Smiling. <laughs> you are beginning to reform me. It is a dangerous thing to reform anyone, Lady Windermere. Bows and exit centre. What a charming, wicked creature. I like him so much. I'm quite delighted he's gone. How sweet you're looking! Where do you get your gowns? And now I must tell you how sorry I am for you, dear Margaret. Crosses the sofa and sits with Lady Windermere. Agatha, darling. Yes, Mama. Rises. Will you go and look over the photograph album that I see there? Yes, Mama. Goes to table up left. Dear girl. She is so fond of photographs of Switzerland. Such a pure taste, I think. But I really am so sorry for you, Margaret. Smiling. Why, Duchess? Oh, on account of that horrid woman. She dresses so well, too, which makes it much worse. Sets such a dreadful example. Augustus, you know, my disreputable brother, such a trial to us all. Well, Augustus is completely infatuated about her. 
it is quite scandalous for she is absolutely inadmissible into society many a woman has a past but i am told that she has at least a dozen and that they all fit whom are you talking about duchess about mrs erlin mrs erlin i never heard of her duchess and what has she to do with me my poor child agatha darling yes mamma will you go out on the terrace and look at the sunset yes mamma exit through window left sweet girl so devoted to sunsets shows such refinement of feeling does it not after all there is nothing like nature is there but what is it duchess why do you talk to me about this person don't you really know i assure you we're all so distressed about it only last night at dear lady jansen's everyone was saying how extraordinary it was that of all men in london windermere should behave in such a way my husband what has he got to do with any woman of that kind ah what indeed dear that is the point he goes to see her continually and stops for hours at a time and while he is there she is not at home to any one not that many ladies call on her dear but she has a great many disreputable men friends my own brother particularly as i told you and that is what makes it so dreadful about windermere we looked upon him as being such a model husband but i am afraid there is no doubt about it my dear nieces you know the savile girls don't you such nice domestic creatures plain dreadfully plain but so good well they're always at the window doing fancy work and making ugly things for the poor which i think so useful of them in these dreadful socialistic days and this terrible woman has taken a house in curzon street right opposite them such a respectable street too i don't know what we're coming to and they tell me that windermere goes there four and five times a week they see him they can't help it and although they never talk scandal they well of course they remark on it to every one and the worst of it all is that i have been told that this woman has got a great deal of money out of somebody for it seems that she came to london six months ago without anything at all to speak of and now she has this charming house in mayfair drives her ponies in the park every afternoon and all well all since she has known poor dear windermere oh i can't believe it but it's quite true my dear the whole of london knows it that is why i felt it was better to come and talk to you and advise you to take windermere away at once to homburg or to x 
where he'll have something to amuse him, and where you can watch him all day long. I assure you, my dear, that on several occasions after I was first married, I had to pretend to be very ill, and was obliged to drink the most unpleasant mineral waters, merely to get Berwick out of town. He was so extremely susceptible, though I am bound to say he never gave away any large sums of money to anybody. He is far too high-principled for that. Duchess, Duchess, it's impossible. Rising and crossing stage to centre. We are only married two years. Our child is but six months old. Sits in chair, right of left table. Ah, the dear pretty baby. How is the little darling? Is it a boy or a girl? I hope a girl. Ah, no, I remember it's a boy. I'm so sorry. Boys are so wicked. My boy is excessively immoral. You wouldn't believe at what hours he comes home. And he's only left Oxford a few months. I really don't know what they teach them there. Are all men bad? Oh, all of them, my dear, all of them, without any exception. And they never grow any better. Men become old, but they never become good. Windermere and I married for love. Yes, we begin like that. It was only Berwick's brutal and incessant threats of suicide that made me accept him at all. And before the year was out, he was running after all kinds of petticoats, every colour, every shape, every material. In fact, before the honeymoon was over, I caught him winking at my maid, a most pretty, respectable girl. I dismissed her at once without a character. No, I remember I passed her on to my sister. Poor dear Sir George is so short-sighted I thought it wouldn't matter. But it did, though. It was most unfortunate. Rises. And now, my dear child, I must go as we're dining out. And mind you don't take this little aberration of Windermere's too much to heart. Just take him abroad, and he'll come back to you, all right. Come back to me? Yes, dear. These wicked women get our husbands away from us, but they always come back. Slightly damaged, of course. And don't make scenes. Men hate them. It is very kind of you, Duchess, to come and tell me all this. But I can't believe that my husband is untrue to me. Pretty child, I was like that once. Now I know that all men are monsters. Lady Windermere rings bell. The only thing to do is to feed the wretches well. A good cook does wonders, and that I know you have. My dear Margaret, you are not going to cry. You needn't be afraid, Duchess. I never cry. That's quite right, dear. Crying is the refuge of plain women, but the ruin of pretty ones. Agatha, darling. Entering left. Yes, Mama. Stands back of table, left centre. Come and bid good-bye to Lady Windermere and thank her for your charming visit. Coming down again. 
and by the way i must thank you for sending a card to mr hopper he's that rich young australian people are taking such notice of just at present his father made a great fortune by selling some kind of food in circular tins most palatable i believe i fancy it is the thing the servants always refuse to eat but the son is quite interesting i think he's attracted by dear agatha's clever talk of course we should be very sorry to lose her but i think that a mother who doesn't part with a daughter every season has no real affection we're coming to-night dear parker opens sensor doors and remember my advice take the poor fellow out of town at once it is the only thing to do good-bye once more come agatha exeunt duchess and lady agatha centre how horrible i understand now what lord darlington meant by the imaginary instance of the couple not two years married oh it can't be true she spoke of enormous sums of money paid to this woman i know where arthur keeps his bank-book in one of the drawers of that desk i might find out by that i will find out opens drawer no it is some hideous mistake rises and goes centre some silly scandal he loves me he loves me but why should i not look i am his wife i have a right to look returns to bureau takes out book and examines it page by page smiles and gives a sigh of relief i knew it there is not a word of truth in this stupid story puts book back in drawer as she does so starts and takes out another book a second book private locked tries to open it but fails sees paper knife on bureau and with it cuts cover from book begins to start at the first page mrs erlin six hundred pounds mrs erlin seven hundred pounds mrs erlin four hundred pounds oh it is true it is true how horrible throws book on floor enter lord windermere centre well dear has the fan been sent home yet going right centre sees book margaret you have cut open my bank book you have no right to do such a thing you think it wrong that you are found out don't you i think it is wrong that a wife should spy on her husband i did not spy on you i never knew of this woman's existence till half an hour ago some one who pitied me was kind enough to tell me what every one in london knows already your daily visits to curzon street your mad infatuation the monstrous sums of money you squander on this infamous woman crossing left margaret don't talk like that of mrs erlene you don't know how unjust it is turning to him you are very jealous of mrs erlen's honour i wish you had been as jealous of mine your honour is untouched margaret you don't think for a moment that puts book back into desk i think that you spend your money strangely that is all oh don't imagine i mind about the money as far as i am concerned you may squander everything we have but what i do mind is that you who have loved me you who have taught me to love you should pass from the love that is given to the love that is bought oh it's horrible 
sits on sofa. And it is I who feel degraded. You don't feel anything. I feel stained, utterly stained. You can't realize how hideous the last six months seem to me now. Every kiss you have given me is tainted in my memory. Crossing to her. Don't say that, Margaret. I never loved anyone in the whole world but you. Rises. Who is this woman, then? Why do you take a house for her? I did not take a house for her. You gave her the money to do it, which is the same thing. Margaret, as far as I have known Mrs. Erlin... Is there a Mr. Erlin, or is he a myth? Her husband died many years ago. She is alone in the world. No relations? None. Rather curious, isn't it? Margaret, I was saying to you, and I beg you to listen to me, that as far as I have known Mrs. Erlin, she has conducted herself well. If years ago... Oh, I don't want details about her life. I am not going to give you any details about her life. I tell you simply this. Mrs. Erlin was once honored, loved, respected. She was well-born. She had position. She lost everything. Threw it away, if you like. That makes it all the more bitter. Misfortunes one can endure. They come from outside. They are accidents. But to suffer for one's own faults, ah, there is the sting of life. It was twenty years ago, too. She was little more than a girl then. She had been a wife for even less time than you have. I am not interested in her, and you should not mention this woman and me in the same breath. It is an error of taste. Sitting right at desk. Margaret, you could save this woman. She wants to get back into society, and she wants you to help her. Crossing to her. Me? Yes, you. How impertinent of her. Margaret, I came to ask you a great favor, and I still ask it of you. Though you have discovered what I intended, you should never have known that I have given Mrs. Erlin a large sum of money. I want you to send her an invitation for our party tonight. Standing left of her. You are mad. Rises. I entreat you. People may chatter about her. Do chatter about her, of course. But they don't know anything definite against her. She has been to several houses. Not to houses where you would go, I admit, but still to houses where women who are in what is called society nowadays do go. That does not content her. She wants you to receive her once. As a triumph for her, I suppose. No, but because she knows that you are a good woman, and that if she comes here once she will have a chance of a happier, a surer life than she has had. She will make no further effort to know you. Won't you help a woman who is trying to get back? No. If a woman really repents, she never wishes to return to the society that has made or seen her ruin. I beg of you. Crossing to door right. I am going to dress for dinner, and don't mention the subject again this evening. Arthur. Going to him, centre. You fancy because I have no father or mother that I am alone in the world, and that you can treat me as you choose. You are wrong. I have friends. Many friends. Left centre. Margaret, you are talking foolishly. 
recklessly. I won't argue with you, but I insist upon your asking Mrs. Erlynne tonight. Right, Center. I shall do nothing of the kind. Crossing left center. You refuse? Center. Absolutely. Ah, Margaret, do this for my sake. It is her last chance. What has that to do with me? How hard good women are. How weak bad men are. Margaret, none of us men may be good enough for the women we marry. That is quite true. But you don't imagine I would ever... Oh, the suggestion is monstrous. Why should you be different from other men? I am told there is hardly a husband in London who does not waste his life over some shameful passion. I am not one of them. I am not sure of that. You are sure in your heart. But don't make chasm after chasm between us. God knows the last few minutes have thrust us wide enough apart. Sit down and write the card. Nothing in the world could induce me. Crossing to bureau. Then I will. Rings electric bell, sits and writes card. You are going to invite this woman. Crossing to him. Yes. Pause. Enter Parker. Parker. Yes, my lord. Comes down left centre. Have this note sent to Mrs. Erlynne at number 84A Curzon Street. Crossing to left centre and giving note to Parker. There is no answer. Exit Parker Centre. Arthur, if that woman comes here, I shall insult her. Margaret, don't say that. I mean it. Child, if you did such a thing, there's not a woman in London who wouldn't pity you. There is not a good woman in London who would not applaud me. We have been too lax. We must make an example. I propose to begin tonight. Picking up fan. Yes, you gave me this fan today. It was your birthday present. If that woman crosses my threshold, I shall strike her across the face with it. Margaret, you couldn't do such a thing. You don't know me. Moves right. Enter Parker. Parker. Yes, my lady. I shall dine in my own room. I don't want dinner, in fact. See that everything is ready by half-past ten. And, Parker, be sure you pronounce the names of the guests very distinctly tonight. Sometimes you speak so fast that I miss them. I am particularly anxious to hear the names quite clearly, so as to make no mistake. You understand, Parker? Yes, my lady. That will do. Exit Parker Center. Arthur, if that woman comes here, I warn you. Margaret, you'll ruin us. Us? From this moment my life is separate from yours. But if you wish to avoid a public scandal, write at once to this woman, and tell her that I forbid her to come here. I will not. I cannot. She must come. Then I shall do exactly as I have said. Goes right. You leave me no choice. Exit right. Margaret! Margaret! My God, what shall I do? I dare not tell her who this woman really is. The shame would kill her. Sinks down into a chair and buries his face in his hands. Act drop. End of Act One.